From Lanyon Bowdler Solicitors, this is The Legal Lounge. Here's your host, Amanda Jones. Hello and welcome to The Legal Lounge. I'm Amanda and along with the lawyers and experts here at Lanyon Bowdler, I'll be bringing you a series of podcasts that cover many aspects of law in England and Wales. It's our aim to show you that the law isn't scary and nor are our lawyers. If you have a particular legal issue you'd like me to put to our specialists for an upcoming episode, please let us know by getting in touch through the website lblaw.co.uk forward slash podcast. In this episode, Dawn Humphreys and Holly Edwards from our personal injury team share their experiences in handling claims for personal injuries. Hi, I'm Holly and I'm here with Dawn who has a really specialist interest in spinal injuries and in fact you've raised money for some charities associated with spinal injuries, haven't you Dawn? Hi Holly, yes, yes I have. I ran the uh, the London Landmarks Half Marathon when I was supporting or raising money for Horatio's Garden. They're an organisation that raise money and funds uh, to build bespoke specialist gardens at these spinal unit therapies. The one that we're particularly interested in that we have an affinity to is our local uh, Robert Jones and Agnes Hunt Hospital, the Midland Centre for Spinal Injuries. We're we're very, very involved with because it's just such a a fantastic organisation. But having raised money, they then turned an outside area of the hospital into the most beautiful garden. It's all flat level, it's got um, raised gardening beds so that people that are on uh, in wheelchairs or even on flat beds um, can go and work in the greenhouses or work at the re- on the raised beds. They've got a beautiful area at the end which has got a wood-burning stove in it so that families can come and visit their injured relatives um, and there's lovely individual almost called pods uh, outside which are really secluded so that they can take the hospital beds out for patients who are on, on bed rest and actually they can then have that holistic approach from seeing the sky listening to the birds they've got running water there so it's a very natural uh, area and that has such a, a profound um, effect upon people's well-being and health and removes them from that what can be quite a protracted institutionalized period indoors i can imagine because what a lot of people don't realize is probably how long you might spend in a hospital like that if you've suffered a really serious spinal injury i think it's not uncommon to spend you know months there so to have a space like that to then go and enjoy and as you say to potentially go with your visitors as well can be really helpful yeah, very much so, very much so. I'm going to be running the uh, the virtual London Marathon this year as well so that I can again raise monies for it because it's, it's something that's really close to our heart. But actually, Holly, one of the, one of the things that I found um, having attended a backup session where we were actually given a wheelchair for the afternoon um, is just how difficult it is. You don't imagine, even on a, a flat pedestrianised area, Um, And we were in um, a a pedestrianised flat part in Birmingham, Um, how difficult it is in a wheelchair, just on a very slight adverse camber, to just just wheel, you know, to take the chair where you think, oh, that's flat, it would be very straightforward to do it. But it's so difficult, really exhausting. Uh, So it it gave me such an insight into the the day-to-day effects and difficulties that people who are wheelchair-bound face on a a daily basis. I think I remember you saying that it was eye-opening as well how difficult it was to even 
sort of press buttons on an elevator yeah. to go to the toilet to find the disabled toilet because um, I think they gave you a series of challenges. Yes, that's right. When we got into Birmingham, the building that we were using, we couldn't actually use the elevator. So we couldn't go downstairs to where the disabled toilet was. When we did eventually get the uh, emergency um, security to open the the, 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 uh, the uh, emergency lift for us to go downstairs, we got to a fire door which was so heavy that in a wheelchair you just couldn't you couldn't open it without assistance. Um, and then having gone all the way downstairs to the toilet, it was then out of order. So that was challenging on a level that you could never really imagine. Um, and just to be clear, when you say you couldn't use the lift, that wasn't because that was one of the rules. It was literally you couldn't, without leaving the wheelchair, yeah. press the button. Yes, yeah. It just wasn't designed for wheelchair users, which as a, I won't say where it is, but as a public, um, quite high profile building, that was just astonishing, astonishing. I think it's really interesting as well that one of the questions I sometimes get asked about personal injury work is, well, what sort of accidents do you help with? And my honest answer is, if you can think of an activity, someone probably has injured themselves doing that activity. <laughs> that, that's, and that's a very good re- response, actually, Holly. Because <laughs> I think we've both seen there's a whole variety, including some potentially quite bizarre accidents that people end up in I mean would you agree that probably the most common is either a road traffic accident or an employment accident yeah we see we obviously see a lot uh, which is very very sad we see a lot of accidents that result from you know car collisions um, for obvious reasons you've got speed um, and you've you, you know you've invariably got large pieces of metal so they don't they don't mix terribly well with the human frame I'm afraid but yes quite a lot of road traffic accidents um, but for my practice um, probably the biggest area is um, accidents at work construction industry is an obvious one particularly falls falls from height working um, on scaffolding um, usually any, anything where you've had a, a roof that's given way or someone that's fallen from from a distance that's probably the most obvious one we've had things like tree surgeons you know who may not have been harnessed up properly um, and then we also get slightly more bizarre ones at the moment there's this we see in our practice quite a, quite a lot of trampoline related accidents which are absolutely tragic um, and can be completely catastrophic and and one of the things coupled with that is that the um, profile of the person that's usually trampolining is usually a younger person that's that's not to exclude your more mature trampolinist obviously but generally the demographic is that it will be you know sort of teenagers and and early 20s and when you have someone who's gone to that sort of um, activity and then within a matter of seconds has resulted with a, a catastrophic life-changing injury. It's tragic, absolutely tragic. And to be clear, that is the level of injury we're often talking about in these sorts of situations yeah. as well. It's it's not that someone's gone on the trampoline, got it a bit wrong and twisted their ankle. No, no. Although I, I suspect there probably are a significant amount of those injuries. Are, are, we're talking about, you know, life-changing, catastrophic injuries. One of the most bizarre ones that we have um, recently seen, and, and all of these cases are where you have 
someone who is responsible who owes a duty of care it's not it, it is where there is fault uh, that we have to look at one of the most bizarre ones was someone with her partner who was exercising what he thought was a, a slightly daring strictly come dancing throw and uh, she landed uh, awkwardly and what had been a romantic evening where they were just dancing ended up tragically transform transforming her life um, she was um, paralysed. Really, really sad, but not one you would expect. No, and as you say, a lot of these ones, it is just a split second. I know that, uh, for instance, my partner works in construction and every so often I have to say things to him like, you're always really careful when you go up high, aren't you? Yeah. I can see if it's the environment you're used to, and obviously you're there to work you're concentrating on your work and all you need is a split second where you overbalance or something knocks you over etc and that's potentially life-changing well the health and safety executive have a raft of statutory instruments and guidance on what should be a safe system and a safe place of work and particularly where the risk is increased employers do have a duty of care to employees to occupiers and to visitors to the premises Um, and those recommendations guidance statutory instruments are there to protect people but as you say sometimes it will be shortcuts sometimes it will be complacence sometimes it will be something that may not have possibly been considered properly or thoroughly and that's really when we get involved and we start looking at the the liability aspect of these cases Um, and the claims that we are looking at are those where there has been either negligence or a statutory breach of duty that that, uh, causes the the injury that's that's occurred. I also think it's really important when you're looking at these types of claims to think about those statutory breaches by which we mean a specific contravention of a law or some guidance that says to whoever runs the property whoever's in charge you've got to do x or you must not do y is that those things do actually make everybody safer and i think it's a testament to how important both all those statutes are as well as how important it is that we do hold employers and whoever else is to blame to account that the number of accidents in the workplace has dramatically gone down over the last few decades. And in fact, the number of very serious and fatal accidents has also dramatically gone down. It has when you look at, you know, my father-in-law is, is, is mid-80s and he can't understand now why window cleaners don't climb up ladders and why they would stand at the bottom with a, an extended pole to clean windows. Um, he says it's health and safety gone mad. I point out to him, I see the consequences of those falls, the life-changing effects, the catastrophic injury that means that, you know, you may never walk again. And when you look at the, the, the consequences of the injury, you can really understand why health and safety is as stringent as it is, because it is wanting to protect the individual from the disasters that, that, that do occur. And in terms of what can then be done once, unfortunately, somebody has suffered this injury, we had a really interesting spinal injury conference at the Robert Jones Agnes Hunt Hospital in Oster Street, didn't we? Yes, yeah, we were really privileged to hold it at, at the Robert Jones, uh, where there is the, the Midlands Centre for Spinal Injuries. We had some fantastic experts that came to speak to us, you know, national experts, 
Um, and we also had case managers and we had therapists. And we also, most interestingly, had the people who provide aids and equipment, uh, the cutting edge things that, that people find really interesting. For example, the robotic walker um, provided by Rewalk and had uh, a demonstrator who was able to walk he, he did have a spinal injury, but he was on this occasion, because of the robotic suit, able to walk across the stage in this amazing suit, which without that, he wouldn't be able to have um, the ability to stand. And of course, that has, it's not just the novelty effect of a wine walking, it has an impact upon things like blood pressure, digestion, um, tissue viability, so that the health consequences of using a robotic walker are enormous. Um, plus the fact you then have the psychological ability to be able to stand and to, to walk under your own power, really, which is, which is very, very liberating. It's not, it's not um, suitable for every client. And of course, they are extremely expensive. It's not provided on the NHS. It has to be part and parcel of a claim. I think that's a really interesting aspect as well of working on some of these spinal injury cases in that even five years down the line, the kind of aids that you can suggest your client have a go at or potentially claim as part of their accident claim really changes. Absolutely, Holly. And at the moment, there's quite a lot of research going into osteointegration, which is where they're actually a, a, implanting um, artificial limbs um, into the human body. And they've also got um, neuropathic stimulators. So somebody who may not be able to use particular areas of their body have then suddenly got this potential to be able to do things that they couldn't do before. But it's very cutting edge. And it's a really, really interesting area. And as you say, developing all of the time. So quite extraordinary. We've also got things like people who need wheelchairs, where even that might seem like a basic bit of equipment, but there's wheelchairs and there's wheelchairs. Yeah, we've got sporting wheelchairs and quad wheelchairs and off-road wheelchairs. So, yeah, and that, of course, gives you not only the independence to be able to use them, but to pursue your sporting hobbies and activities and to involve, you know, the family as well. Um, I had a client of mine who had um, a four-wheel quad wheelchair so that he could take his children over Cannock Chase. And that's, again, something we often talk about in terms of our cases, of the importance of really understanding for each client, what does that client want to do? Do they want to be able to go in an off-road wheelchair and have adventurous walks with their children? Or do they want to go and do wheelchair basketball or anything else that they may want to do? Yeah, the sporting activities are really, really quite um, rewarding for clients at the moment. We've got some clients that are doing sailing. We've got other clients, as you mentioned, that are doing wheelchair basketball. And in fact, part of my backup experience involved an afternoon of wheelchair rugby. And I can tell you it is absolutely full pelt so fast so really really exhausting um, and that that was um, that was quite a challenge that afternoon I was covered in bruises as well but part of the um, claim that we bring is really to just promote in terms of what clients have their aspirations to do, sports hobbies activities work 
um, you know, whether it's adaptations to wheelchairs, aids and equipment, um, adaptive houses, bungalows. It, it's just to be as creative as possible when we do bring the claims to, to give them the same quality of life that they would have had, the same challenges, the same potential. Um, and that's the side that I really enjoy, really. It's that it's that creativity and trying to put clients back in the position they would have been but for the accident with a whole raft of support and adaptations that give them that independence, um, which is so important, not just for um, their well-being, but for, you know, their emotional development as well. Do you know when you're doing your virtual marathon? The 3rd of October, Holly. Um, I'm on my training plan already. And uh, one of the things that actually gets me round is when you're thinking, oh, my goodness, this is exhausting. It's just what other people that we're supporting have been through and their journey is undoubtedly much more arduous and difficult than than me training to do some running on a a lovely jaunt along Shrewsbury by the river at my lunchtimes. Out of interest what is a virtual marathon? It's still the distance of a marathon but you're not doing it down in London with all of the Covid restrictions so uh, and I think you have a slightly longer period to do it 24 hours. And who are you raising money for again? Oh it'll be Horatio's garden of course of course. <laughs> so hopefully they'll be able to make it even more beautiful. Next yes time. yes yes. Well it's been lovely talking and I think we'll finish it there. Thanks to Dawn and Holly for lending their expertise, yet more proof that lawyers don't bite. If you need legal help from either of them, please get in touch through lblaw.co.uk. That's lblaw.co.uk. And if you have a particular legal issue you'd like me to put to our specialist for an upcoming episode, please let us know by visiting lblaw.co.uk forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy the show and find any of the conversations interesting or helpful, please remember to use your podcast app to follow The Legal Lounge so that you never miss an episode. That was The Legal Lounge from Lanyon Bowdler Solicitors. Visit lblaw.co.uk slash podcast for helpful resources. And please do follow or subscribe on your podcast app so you never miss an episode.